Hello and welcome to the first YouTube edition of the Final Siren Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Williams, and we've got a huge episode today. I'm joined by AFL draft editor, Michael Alvaro. Michael, it's great to be here. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, glad to be on and um, in video form. So excuse the mugs, but um, yeah, same old good content. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, of course, we've got a massive show, as I said. Uh, we've got Charlie Clark interview. We interviewed him after the uh, Dragons had a really good win over the Gippsland Power on the weekend. And Kobe Ship, the bottom major from Danny Nong Stingrays. Those teams are through to the grand final. We're going to discuss, recap all those preliminary finals and then we're going to get stuck into the preview we're going to look at uh, around the country it's going to be a huge episode so let's get stuck straight into it so we're going to start today's edition with the nab league preliminary finals it's been a really uh i guess interesting final series so far today uh, so far this series isn't it mm. michael uh we've had a lot of thrillers it was a bit of a mixed bag on the weekend one thriller mm. and one not so much of a thrill. What What are your initial thoughts on, uh, I guess, the weekend? Yeah, well, um, I mean, on the final series as a whole, it all started in wildcard round um, where we had a, a load of upsets. But um, the weekend's action, um, you know, I believe I tipped two out of two this week, um, which is rare. But, um, yeah, I think we expected Danny Nong to be just a little too strong and even without probably their two best midfielders got the job done. Um, Gippsland just didn't have the form at the mm. end of the year and, and they fell short against a pretty good Sandy side. So I think what from what we assessed coming in, um, probably the two best sides have made it. Mm. Um, and yeah, we'll get to see them go head to head. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, we'll, we'll talk about that a bit after. Uh, it's on a Friday evening at 5.10. Icon Park, going to be a huge one. Uh, but first, we're going to get stuck in the first game. Uh, Dandong Stingrays 9-9-63 defeated Tasmania 9-8-62 and what a thriller what a thrilling finish it, it mm. just had everything yeah I mean one point margin obviously we saw the last two minutes the Devils had it um, locked in their forward 50 so could have had a win maybe a, a mark that our fellow Tasmanian co-worker thought uh, could have been paid but it, it wasn't and um yeah, it's not like they didn't have their chances. They, they um, did go into attack a fair bit, Tassie. Those numbers were, were pretty even. So, um, you know, 12 points, the biggest overall margin. Um, it was within, within seven at each break. So, um, yeah, just really tight and, and pretty tense. Yeah, absolutely. Look, uh, I think Dandenong looked like they were about to get away for a while, but mm. they just couldn't quite shake Tasmania and then the Devils just kept coming and and in those final two minutes it's genuinely looked like that they might overrun them it was mm. just constantly inside the forward 50 I know the mark you alluded to Will Splann on the goal line got spoiled the question is did he hold it for long enough um, or before it was spoiled um, you know irrelevant now but we, we do know there's been a few finals calls close to the goal line uh, yeah. Yeah, AFL level as well so uh, yeah but it, it was just a fantastic finish uh, we love preliminary finals that end up like that win you're in a grand final lose and it's season over yeah highest stakes aren't they so um they're almost better than the grand final in a sense because you get two of them um and it's you know for the loser there's there's no tomorrow so yeah absolutely uh we, we did have quite a few uh you know interesting sort of performances great stars uh we saw luke bailey have another 27 touches he was fantastic jackson bins 26 touches mm. eight inside 50s uh kicked a goal as well he really got all over the field and it was really important because of course they were missing a couple of their stars from that uh midfield group yeah i mean the 
The flexibility of the Dandenong side is really impressive, um, and particularly with three bottom ages running through midfield. So we had Cooper Simpson, KD LaRue, San Frangales. Um, they all went through there as bottom ages. You have Luke Bailey come in, um, who hasn't played much footy with the Stingrays, but looked up to the standard with 27 touches. And, and Jackson Binns um, even got a few centre bounces too. So, um, yeah, usually he's a fixture out on the wing and, and uh, running the outside there. So I think across the ground they perform really well, but the adjustments they were able to make in midfield um, definitely made a difference. Yeah, yeah, and, and they've got the depth. That's the thing with the Stingrays. They've got the depth. You mentioned a lot of them there. Some of them are bottom ages, so we know that a lot of these players that are playing in the grand final this week uh, will be there next year as well. We know they also uh, won the second most recent one, if you like, the flag. So yeah. um, they do have uh, players, coaches, etc., um, uh, past and, and present that have sort of had that experience uh, at winning it after they had mm. such a, I guess, unlucky run with grand finals. But um, for me, I just think it's full credit to them because... They've just been really consistent all year, and they're almost the team that we knew was good, but they've just been so consistent while others have ebbed and flowed. Yeah, and it's a credit to them as well because they have had some really good school footy players miss mm. a big chunk of the year, obviously with those commitments and, and rep footy. So to be able to, to still come together as a team and, and play um, with such unity is really impressive. Um, and, and obviously you mentioned the previous premiership they've got, um, the coach and captain from that year coming back, of course, um, Campbell Husswaite, the brother of Henry, um, and Heath Black, not Heath Black, it's, what's his name, Pete, help me out. Craig Black. Craig Black, that's the one. Um, he's coming back. They're, they're going to chat uh, with the boys during the week, so that'll be pretty cool for them to, to hear from them. Yeah, no uh, no doubt you're thinking of Oakley. Uh, Heath Black's yeah, son did play a game there. I'll just save you with that one. No Thank worries. Yeah. Um, no, but if we turn our attention, of course, to Tasmania for a moment, we'll get back to the injury front with Dan Young. Uh, Colby McKercher, another bottom major, um, really impressive, had 23 touches. Mm. So did Tom Beaumont, Lockie Cowan, 22 touches, five marks, five rebound 50s. We know uh, he's going to be, you know, their top prospect this year. Seth Campbell, 20-1, and one, and Jack Callanan, 18-1 and one again. Um, yeah, it, it was another spread load, and, and they did come within a kick of uh, making it to the last uh, last game. Yeah, I mean, you can. I think you know what to expect with Tasmania a lot. They've got a, a pretty strong core of players that tend to perform well each week. That's obviously led by Lockie Cowan. Um, and I think it was a bit, he was favouring one of his shoulders, so his left one was strapped up and, and probably wasn't at his best. Um, you know, rushed a few of his, of his kicks and whatnot. That's usually a strength. But, um, yeah, Colby McHercher. Um, I think Tom Beaumont goes under the radar a bit as, as a fellow bottom major. Um, obviously, both on 23 touches, pretty impressive. And um, Campbell and Callanan, the, the two smalls there, the, the mid-forwards, um, always pretty lively, good carry through the ground. And, um, yeah, I mean, they fell short, but... I think this is one of the most impressive Tassie teams we've seen. Um, and in terms of results, obviously, that's backed up. Jerome um, or Jez Webley has got them playing really well. So, um, yeah, credit to them. Good season. Came second on the ladder and um, just couldn't get to the final two. Yeah. No, like, it, it gone are the days from years ago when they are, I guess, when they're the Mariners, when they sort of come in and they play a couple of games and, you know, they get beaten well. Like, sort of like the Northern Academy when they first came in. Um, but now even they're winning some games. Uh, now they're well and truly established mm. in the NAB League uh, pathway. So full credit to them. Unlucky not to get there. But I, I think I do agree we've got the two best teams there on the day. Now, just before we go, we do have a couple of uh, injury updates mm. uh, just from those Danny Nong boys that missed. So do you want to give us a bit of a exclusive as to yeah. whether 
they're playing or not? Yeah, uh, a bit of Tom Brown, Tom Brown about this. But um, yeah, I was having spoken to uh, Dandy Long today. Obviously, Mitch Sipkowski, um, he missed with COVID. The prelim final apparently he was fine, but um, obviously lawfully not allowed to play. Um, and uh, Henry Husswaite missed the last couple of games with an ankle. He'll, he'll play as well. So um, they're pretty much 100% on those two, which will be massive additions to that team. Speaking of Danny Nong, I uh, was able to chat to Kobe Ship on the weekend. We had a brief chat before they uh, ran into the room. So uh, only a, a minute-long interview here, but let's hear what uh, Kobe Ship had literally seconds after the final siren. Uh, we'll throw to him now. What's the emotions like right now? Uh, you know, proud of the boys. You know, we came out with a goal, and I thought Tassie, you know, fought really well into the end. But, you know, just the, the hard nights at training and all that is what makes that game. So, yeah, I'm happy that we can go play in the granny next week. Absolutely, and uh, what were you sort of thinking uh, late in that game? Obviously, in this in, in the forward line here for, for Tasmania, what, what, what were the sort of measures in place to stop them scoring? Um, well, you know, we at training we practice a lot of that stuff, like coming in deep and you know that at end end game sort of scenario. So, yeah, that's what we did, and I'm happy with how the boys went. Yeah, we'll keep walking while we're you're about to go in, but uh, yeah. So, what do you think you need to do next week to have a win? Uh, well, you know, which, what we've been doing, you know, for the whole year, you know, we fight well at the end and games like that is you know what we want to do and I think um we've got a real real talented group and I think our hard work will you know bring us in good stead for next week and yeah, yeah per- excited for it. perfect and we'll just lastly you had a few boys out today are you hoping to get a couple back for next week yeah obviously we've got you know like the good players Sibber and Huss and a couple others but I know we've got a lot of depth and it'll be good if, if they can get back but if they don't I'm sure we'll be fine and you know that's what we train for awesome no worries yeah, thanks, thanks very much that was Danny Nong Stingray's bottom major, Kobe Ship, uh, who I chatted to immediately after the siren on the weekend. Uh, we just spoke about uh, his side, Danny Nong, making it through to the grand final. Now we're going to move on to the other preliminary final, Michael, that mm. are not quite as close. Sandringham Dragons, 14-12-96, defeated the Gippsland Power, 9-8-62. So it was a 34-point margin. Uh, they had the game done and dusted by three-quarter time. Mm. Gippsland did kick a few early in that fourth term to sort of bring it back a bit, made us think, oh, could they? But then Sandringham just steadied a bit and, and got the job done. Yeah, a um, bit of numerology for you as well. Both teams um, who lost on the day kicked exactly 9.862, which is um, a cool stat. But you're right, the um, the scoreboard pressure from Sandy was just too good. I think they've got a, a good range of medium forwards who get the job done. So you look at Sheasel, obviously, is a star, and, and Charlie Clark. Um, can hit the score, but they've got Jamie Hope down there as well. Um, Chris Rosakis is pretty dangerous, so they probably don't have that, I guess, one spearhead, but they've got a range of those, those mid-sized players who get the job done, and 14-12 and is a good score. Um, you know, almost hitting the ton in 25-minute in flat quarters is pretty impressive, so um, yeah, they just kept sort of stretching away, and then and they had it done. Um, third and th- fourth quarter, just sort of ran it out, and, and 34 points, pretty strong margin against the minor premiers. Yeah, uh, I, I think Sandy uh, were the side that we expected to get through, particularly from the early days once Oakley went out. Yep. Um, it was looking likely in that sort of final days of that wildcard round that they might play Oakley, then Oakley went out, and, and Sandy sort of assumed that favouritism, if we like. They were sort of our second team, if you like, at the start of the year in terms of who we thought might win it uh, come year's end. Uh, they're there, they've made it, um, and we do know that they've got a lot of top-end talent headlined by you know, Will Ashcroft, Brisbane Lions father son. We, we you know, we've spoken in length about him. He had thirty-two touches, nine inside fifties, and a goal. Um, Cam McKenzie, of course, St Kilda NGA, he, unlikely to get there unless they are able to move up the order mm. a bit. A, a fair so, bit, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, he had twenty-two touches. 
Uh, and then Charlie Clark kicked three goals from 19 disposals. We'll chat to him after. Harry Sheasel kicked two from 16, which is a great effort for him to bounce back after mm. a, uh, a quiet game by his stand against Calder Cannon. So, um, yeah, w- what do you sort of think about some of those stars that how they perform yeah well first i think i've stitched you up on the run sheet because um clark kicked two she's will kick three but um so my bad on that um she's will definitely a good bounce back performance there to, to boot three and, and charlie clark was really dangerous alongside him up forward um you look at ashcroft and mckenzie in the midfield you know what to expect so um yeah they were really strong through there um levi was a, a bit quiet levi ashcroft but a couple of his sort of rundown and chasing efforts are really strong um I think those top-end players are the ones that really get it done for Sandy and, and they're lucky to have such um, such talented players who are in draft contention. They, they do every year um, and they tend to be making the most of them, I think, towards the back end of, the, of this season. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I think Sandringham have that top-end talent to get it done. And for me, I think, um, too, the, the fact that we're looking at two very different teams, I think Sandringham have that top-end talent where... Um, Dandenong, we've got some, you know, potential first rounders, but a lot of the time there's sort of that mid-range to late talent and they've just got a lot of that kind of really good effort players and players that are willing to play their role, contribute. They don't need uh, one or two players to really stand out and star each week. Um, Sandringham have a lot of those players that can. Um, mm. We know Ashcroft, we know Sheasel. They've got probably too many of them to try and stop, but, um, yeah, I, look, I'm looking forward to the two sort of styles, really. So. Yeah. Um, but they did get it done against Gippy, who also have quite a bit of depth and a, a fair few hard nuts in there, if you like. Uh, Muschetti and Walton, uh, both leading ball winners, you know, they, they were quite impressive. You knew uh, with uh, Mitch coming back in that he was always going to be uh, mm. having a big day out. He went to Ashcroft at the first bounce, which I thought might happen. Uh, and he started pretty strongly, then Ashcroft sort of got off the, the chain as they sort of rotated matchups around. Um, Tom Hanley had 22 and kicked two. Uh, Archer Reed also kicked three goals, so he's one who, look, I've been a huge fan of his this year. I, I, I think he's genuinely in the conversation for the top pick next year. So, um, yeah, I, lo- I love the way he goes about it. Yeah, I mean, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Um, really, I mean, at over 200 centimetres, um, quite an exciting sort of athlete um, and has just natural footy craft. Um, obviously, his brother, Zach, was a bit like that as well in his draft year. Um, yeah, Tom Hanley, another bottom major, is pretty handy, and they've obviously got Zane Derzma, um, who's a gun as well, who's kept pretty quiet, but I thought he leapt at the ball pretty well. Um, yeah, they, they probably just didn't get enough from, from some of their top enders, so guys like Bailey Humphrey spent a lot, a lot of time forward, um, hit the scoreboard, but probably didn't have enough of the ball to make a real impact. Um, Jacob Constanti was handy when he had the ball, but again, just probably didn't have enough supply in the end or, or um, enough good supply. Um, and, and as you say, like Gippy have good players across the ground, solid ones, but um, yeah, they probably just didn't get enough from their stars on the day, unfortunately. And Gippsland are one of those teams that tend to, uh, apart from the last couple of years where they sort of down a little bit, I mean, realistically, we didn't have a year a couple of years back, but um, Gippsland are the kind of team that always seem to be thereabouts. They, mm. they generally make finals. They'll generally go to a preliminary and then perhaps they'll usually fall short against an Oakley or a Sandy or someone like that that's got their full school kids back. So uh, for me, it was one of their best years that I've seen yeah. them along with uh, the Caleb 20, Sarong. 2019. Yeah, 2019, yeah. Caleb Sarong, Sam Flanders, you name it, the whole, um, the whole crew there. They were fantastic that year. So um, I'm really 
uh, I guess they'd be really excited about what they were able to produce this year. I think they're going to have a lot drafted, not just this year, next year. Mm. Um, and they're also going to have a lot of talent next year. Like we spoke about the Stingrays, but uh, but this team's got just as much. Like Zane Dersma, we spoke about Reed. Like they've got so many that are going to be uh, there again in 2023. Yeah, I think that's the difference with like, you look at their 2019 squad, which is probably arguably stronger, but they had mostly top ages in that mm. one. Whereas um, in this team, they're going to be able to sustain it and have that top-end talent, that draftable talent um, for next year as well. So, yeah, pretty exciting times. Yeah, absolutely. So now we're going to flip back, if you like, to Sandringham. We're going to actually uh, hear from Charlie Clark, who uh, had a good game on the weekend. <laughs> uh, you know, he kicked a couple of goals, as Michael uh, corrected uh, his own mistake before. Kicked a couple of goals, had an impressive display. Michael chatted to him after the game. Uh, so here's Charlie Clark chatting to Michael. Here with Charlie Clark of the Sandringham Dragons after they won through to the grand final. Um, initial thoughts after that one? Um, yeah, great to get the win, getting to the granny. Um, unreal feeling. Um, we just played a great brand of football today. We're very attacking, just getting those quick entries in, backing in our forwards. It's all about trust, and then, yeah, we just backed each other in. Yeah, must be nice being up forward when you've got a, a midfield of Ashcroft, um, Hotton and Mackenzie. So um, I guess what's it like from your end getting the delivery from those guys? Oh, yeah, it's very good. It's always um, quite direct with them. Um, so, yeah, very good deliveries. It makes it easier for us forwards. Kick three today, um, I think. No, kick two. Kick two. Yeah, two. All right. She's, she's marked that one on the line. So All right. We'll, call, oh, we'll oh, call it three. Yeah, we can call it three. Well, which one was your favourite? Um, probably that one on the boundary where I just did a little snap and then turned the crowd, give him a little something. Yeah, is there anyone in particular you're looking for in the crowd or just a general sort of have a look at me? Oh, no, I had um, have a few family in the crowd today, so I thought I'd give them a rev up, just yeah. get them going. Awesome. Um, and have you faced the Stingrays this year? Um, yeah, we've played, played them twice, actually. So we played them in that... I think round eight clash and then on the Friday night and um, we got Will and Shees back for that game so we're pretty confident going into it. I think we sort of um, just thought we we're going to win like, and because we played them um, earlier on in the year in a practice match and then we won by 80 points so I think we just went in with the mentality that we're going to win not like we can't underestimate anyone so going into this week we, we know they can win um, and they know we know they're a good um, bunch of bunch of kids so yeah can't underestimate them but yeah you told me um, just before we started that obviously you, you sort of gained a bit of confidence and whatnot over the last couple of weeks things have seemed to click so you think you're sort of peaking at the right time now uh yeah definitely i guess it's the best time to be playing good footy um and i'm yeah pretty happy with how i've been playing the past couple of weeks um it's good and then yeah and the team's also putting in a great effort so yeah makes it easier for me as well awesome um all right who else played well today um she's played well very um Lively up forward, which was good because he was a bit, a bit sore last week. So he got the hip right, and then um, yeah, he was good to go this week. And I think he kicked four, did he? Yeah. yeah about that. And then um, yeah, we were just dominant every week. Um, yeah, just the back line holding it down. It's really good. Yeah, great um, collective performance by the boys. He must be looking forward, obviously, to the grand final next week. Um, yeah, sort of. How's that feeling? And and um, are you a, a sort of big game player? You back yourself to really step up? Um, yeah. I, well, I love playing in front of crowds and like get, um, being like kind of clutch. So yeah, definitely love playing well in the big games and I uh, sort of thrive on that, which is good. Um, so yeah, I'm pretty confident going into Friday, but we'll just take it day by day, get the recovery right, train, hit the training track well. Yeah, we'll yeah. just see what happens. Awesome. Well, congratulations, mate. All the best. Thank you. Appreciate it. Cheers. Awesome. You're listening to the Final Siren podcast and watching now on YouTube. Uh, 
Peter Williams here with Michael Alvaro. We're about to dive into the Nabali Grand Final preview. Mm. Uh, it's the game we've all been waiting for the whole year. We wanted to get to this stage, the best of the best. Dan Nong Stingrays versus Sandringham Dragons. It's at Icon Park, 5.10 p.m. Jeez, uh, I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, so am I. Like, best day of the year, probably second to country versus metro um coming up which will be the championship decider but um yeah obviously usually we get the the cream of the crop um in this sort of game and that's going to be evident as well with some of the the draftable talent on either side yeah absolutely and in the end we've really ended up with one metro versus one country yep. so that's always good fun when you're at a grand final just you know like the girls this year yeah yeah and, and of course they're going to have a lot of support because uh dandenong's a pretty well supported region sandringham we know is uh, yeah, I, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, crowd support for both teams. So it's going to be a really exciting time. Um, for me, I think if we're looking through uh, key areas, you, you can't go any further than the midfield. I, mm. I, I know that's you know pretty straightforward, but for me, the midfield's just crucial. Yeah, I think it's where all the stars are. Um, you know, Sandringham, their midfield is imperative to, to their results. Um, you know, Houghton, Mackenzie, Ashcroft, 3-2-1. Um, superstars and then you've got guys like Charlie Clark Levi Ashcroft can run through there um, and those two the latter two are, are also part of I guess a really good forward group who who stay dangerous we, we spoke about them before um, they all hit the score but I think if they get the the right supply from those star midfielders and and if that's consistent then you know watch out they're, they're pretty dangerous and and for Dandy they get back Huswade and Sipkowski or Sipkowski um, and yeah, we'll see how they go. But they've got some dynamism as well um, with the guys who can run through there. So it should be exciting. Yeah, and we saw with what uh, Sandringham managed to do against Gippy, they dominated the inside clearances. Mm. Um, Gippy probably didn't play to the performance they, they've been known to when they're at the clearances. Danny and I feel have been more consistent in that area and certainly getting those guys back. I know sometimes you might be a bit rusty, but those guys have played a lot of footy this year. Mm. In many ways, probably having a rest is good. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's going to be very evenly matched. And if Danny Nong can kind of get it forward, they might not have as much like X factor necessarily as Sandringham or mm. on paper, but they've just got a really consistent um, front six, if you like. Like, you know, uh, with Sandringham, Charlie Clark's probably going to be dangerous. Sheezel, when he's forward, is probably going to be dangerous. They've got those targets inside 50. With Danny Nong, it really could be anyone. Like, we've seen players pop up, kick goals. Harrison Jones, perfect example. Mm -hmm. um, earlier this year when I saw him against Oakley, he came out of nowhere, kicked a bag of five, and he's had a great end of the season. Um, yeah, there's you know there's just so many contributors in that forward 50. And we've seen, like, Jackson Binns go there. And, um, you know, even um, Sivkowski, as you said, like, he's he played a bit of forward in, in the game before he, he missed. So... Mm. Yeah, I'm just interested to see who wins that. Yeah, and the bottom ages as well. Like, I think the the difference with Dandenong is they have a, a Harrison Jones where he can play tall um, and be that sort of leading target. Um, but then, yeah, you've got the power of Frangalis. You've got Cooper Simpson roaming through there. Um, Harry Damadia can, can roll forward. And um, and even Nick Collier is pretty handy rotating mid-forward. So um, they've got options, and, and so does Sandy. So, um, yeah, it's just throwing all the, the the big boys the good players in there and seeing who comes out best um yeah it's going to be really interesting yeah no i agree uh and then if we're looking uh i, I guess up either end uh i feel like it's going to be more of a a lower scoring contest simply mm -hmm. because i don't think either forward line will get 
too easy. Um, like deliveries, it's not that they're going to have a ton of space. Both defences are well set up. Um, Dan- Danny Long particularly, I really rate their defence. Um, they're really good one-on-one. We know they shut down the Western Jets duo. Um, you know, Jovan Petric and, and, and Logan Morris a couple of weeks ago, they really beat them one-on-one. So I think Sandy's forward line aren't going to have it easy. And um, Danny Long, in kind, have to rely on the midfield getting on top and, and whatnot. Yeah, I mean... Th- Dandenong's just a region or a team at the moment that doesn't really get beat too heavily. So um, I think their system and competitiveness are really good. Um, Sandy set up pretty well behind the ball too. I think just because both sides don't necessarily have a sort of wealth of tools, um, it'll be a really even battle at either end of the ground. It's just, yeah, whether whichever midfield can get on top for longer and whichever forwards are smart enough to pick out the best channels and, and lead best. That's why Ashiz was so good, um, even Charlie Clark, because they know where to run. They can just get goals out of nothing, um, whereas some other forwards might have to depend on you know their teammates to, to get them the right ball. Um, so we'll see sort of how much that's a factor for Sandy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just match-ups across the ground. It's going to be a good one. Absolutely. So come to the time where you've got to make a call mm. um we love to be different so i think we will be in this tip um michael first off tip who are you going with uh sandringham yeah i'll go with danny nong i'm going to back him in uh, mainly because i'll just say quickly a couple of years ago a few years ago now where they played oakley and oakley were raging favorites and yep. uh i remember paul amy asked me one day uh who you're tipping uh and knowing that he's from danny nong i kind of just said danny nong <laughs> even though i wasn't 100 percent sure one way or another and they won so i'm going to back him in again i'm going to say danny nong um i think it's gonna be a thriller best of field who are you going with oh, it's hard to look past will ashcroft i mean he's probably gonna have it's almost like matt real um you know in his two nabbly grand mm. finals just know he's going to perform on the big stage and rack up you know 30 40 touches so i think he'll probably win it even if they don't win um he'll probably be best of field yeah look i i, I tend to agree but i didn't want to quite go for the obvious one because i feel like uh if you did uh it's it's sort of the easy way to go so it's yeah. almost like ashcroft versus the world in in many ways uh if you want to go for someone else um, and for me, I feel like it would be someone along the lines of a, a, a Cooper Simpson or a Jackson mm. Bin. So I'll go with Cooper Simpson for now, coming in with good form. Um, yeah, we yeah. we know aside from Rao, it's not always the, the one you'd expect. So yep. um, I, I think it's going to be an exciting time. Most goals, who are you sort of? Uh, I'm going to back Harry Sheasel. Yeah. Easy one. I probably, because I've gone all Sandy, probably gone maybe like a Charlie Clark. But um, yeah, I think Sheasel. Yeah, I actually think Clark might kick the most, even if I'm tipping Dandy. I just yep. have a feeling, because for me, Danny Nong will probably have a nice spread where you're more likely to get a Clark or a Sheasel that'll kick quite a few and, mm. and, and do more than, say, the rest. So um, that's pretty much our tip. So yep. lock them in. We'll see what happens over the weekend. Good luck to both teams. Uh, hopefully it's a thriller. Hopefully it's not one-sided. We're yeah. hoping for a really good one. I think we should have a mm. good tight game. Um, you know, the, the last grand final we haven't had in 2019 was the minor Premier Eastern, who were just a solid team against that star-studded Oakley side. So um, that blew out a little bit. Um, but I think this one, two competitive teams, should be, um, should be a tight one. Yeah, no, I agree. I think we're looking forward to a really good game. Of course, again, that's if you want to get down. Friday evening, 5.10, Icon Park, Danny Nong Stingrays versus the Sandringham Dragons. The 2022 NAB League Premier will be crowned. Will the Stingrays 
go one better than the girls did this year and win the flag, or will they have a second runner-up grand final in the same calendar year? Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. So uh, we're going to now go to a short break and be back to have a look at the news around the nation. So that's the NAB League done and dusted. We're back from that short break and going to chat news around the nation. Uh, you know, the finals are going on in both the Sample and the Waffle, of course, Michael. So yep. we're going to start with the Sample. Preliminary finals, the grand finals have been decided now. North Adelaide, of course, in all of them. Very good season for them, for the Roosters. So uh, we'll start with the under-18s. Norwood, out in straight sets. The Red Legs went down to Glenelg. 10-7-67 to 8-13-61. Bit of an inaccurate display there. Falling six points short despite having four more scoring shots. Who really stood out for you? Um, I mean, it's probably the top-end talent that always stands out. So um, Glenelg's got a, a really good side and, and play a good, um, attractive brand of football. So Jacob Bryan's right at the top of the list. Obviously, he had a, a pretty strong game again. And they had, um, Norwood had Tyson Walls go to him, who probably didn't match him well in the air but um you know certainly competes um Archie Lovelock again another Bays player who, who was pretty strong as well through midfield and up forward so um they always have their contributors um and probably a worthy grand finalist as well obviously Norwood the minor premier um unfortunate to go out in straight sets but that's the way it goes and um yeah Glenelg two thrillers they, they beat Sturt last week and um and now Norwood and um they're gonna see if they can stop the the roosters crowing next week yeah, absolutely. Had to get that in, but now you've used it up. So we're going to move on to the reserves uh, where Sturt proved a bit too good for a Kobe Ryan-inspired West Adelaide outfit. Sturt, the Double Blues got up by 40 points there. So uh, Kobe Ryan, tell us a bit about him and, and some of the tall forwards who also played for the Buds. Yeah, so um, he's had a really good couple of weeks, Kobe Ryan. Um, a good postseason with West. He's obviously 27 touches and eight clearances in a 40-point loss. Um, pretty handy at a at the sort of sub senior level. And um, yeah, I mean, we don't have him in the top 30, so maybe he's proven a few people wrong, but um, he got a state combine invite and um, yeah, it's really positive for him to end his season on that note. Um, Harry Lemmy and, and Tom Scully, obviously the, the former kick two goals, the latter kick one, so um, tall targets up forward and, and really handy. Their seasons probably haven't gone the way they would have liked. Um, you know, both missed out on, on representative football um, at least once during the national championships. So, um, yeah, it's good as well for them to, to sort of finish on a, a little bit of a, a high and, and with some encouraging signs in their play. Yeah, and uh, of course, as we mentioned, North Adelaide, uh, the team awaiting all the winners. And at league level, the big game for the Sample, uh, they're going to take on Norwood in a battle of the, I guess, traditionalists, if they like. They uh, defeated Adelaide by 11 points, so it means two of the uh, local Sample clubs uh, into the big dance. So... Michael, a couple of, uh, I guess, combine invitees uh, stood out. What did they uh, end up doing? Yeah, well, um, one particularly stood out. That was Bain and Lowe, the Tasmanian. He um, he got a, a trio of goals in quick time to help the Redlegs get in front um, over the Crows. And um, Max Michelani also turned out at league level, obviously, an Adelaide father-son. So um, helping do a bit of damage to his future employer there. Um, he had six touches, so probably not as prolific as he could have been or, or would have liked. But, um, yeah, just plug him into the defence and, and he'll do a job. So he did that for Norwood. Um, and, yeah, potentially we'll play in a grand final um, this week. So good for him. Um, 
and yeah, I mean Norwood against North Adelaide, uh, that would be a pretty good granny, I think. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, it will be a huge crowd out there to see uh, so many, uh, I guess, local talent as well as youngsters out on the park across all three grades. Yep. Of course, at Adelaide Oval, a huge day of footy action there. Uh, we're going to move a little bit more west over to the Waffle, where it was uh, week one of the finals. Now, uh, West Perth had the the week off across everything, mm-hmm. similar to North Adelaide. Not quite in the grand finals yet, but they had the week off. They finished top across the board. Uh, we're going to start with the Colts. Uh, and in one game, it was South Fremantle defeating East Perth by 28 points. In the other game, uh, there were a few players that really caught the eye. Uh, Peel Thunder defeated Subiaco by four. So, Michael, who were some of the players that uh, stood out in that performance? Yeah, well, uh, Clay Hall, the wingman um, from Peel, had 19 touches. It was the top ball winner for the winners there, and Ethan Logan kicked three. Um, we had t- uh, Corey Trigenza Cashel kick two, so um, a pretty solid sort of key forward, particularly against his peers. He's got that big frame. Um, and then you got the ruck duo for the Thunder, uh, Jackson Broadbent and Mitch Edwards, 46 hitouts between them. So um, hard to beat and, and hard to beat in midfield if you've got that sort of supply. Um, for Subi, they've got a couple of wild cards, obviously Tyrrell Dewar. Um, he kicked two goals, Colton Tholstrup kicked one from 12 touches. So um, they're probably their, their more draftable players, but... A pretty solid team across the board, the Lions. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. So just moving forward in the Colts, uh, West Perth, as we said, will take on Peel Thunder now. That's a huge game, yeah. uh, potential grand final on the line. So we know uh, how important that is. Uh, Subiaco and South Fremantle are playing in the other game. So really important there. Just quickly onto the reserves. West Perth will take on Claremont for a spot in the grand final, while South Fremantle will take on Subiaco in the, uh, I guess, elimination of the uh, semifinals there. Uh League level, there were a couple of East Fremantle prospects who really stood out uh, during the Sharks' win over Claremont by 48 points. Yeah, I mean, they've been solid. Um, Jack Cleaver and Jed Hagen played a a good few games in the top flight. So um, Cleaver, 15 touches, Jed Hagen, 11 on the weekend. And obviously the latter can play up either end of the ground. So, um, you know, he's been such a sort of decorated junior it was only natural that he got to crack um, the top grade over in WA and um, and Jack Cleaver, a pretty solid operator, um, sort of off the half-back line, helping uh, the Sharks get up there. So good result uh, for East Frio. Yep. Uh, and unfortunately for Steely Green and South Fremantle, it's the end of the road in the league final series. Peel Thunder got the better of them by nine points. So uh, how did Steely go? Yeah, pretty well. I mean, he's been, I think he just recently cracked um, the league level again um, after his national championships commitments. So um, he had 12 touches on the weekend and um, you know, couldn't help him get over the line, unfortunately. But it's positive that he's been able to spend a good amount of time in midfield this year. And obviously the Bulldogs are a really strong league team. They were um, the premiers not long ago. So yeah, good on him um, basically for, for getting up uh, that high and um, yeah, they, they might might miss him once he hopefully cracks the uh, AFL. Yeah, well, they are missing the rest of the final series. So West Perth will take on East Fremantle uh, in a huge game there for a spot in the grand final. Claremont take on Peel Thunder as well uh, in the other final series. So they're the four teams left in the running. Uh, going to be an interesting race to the finals and to the premiership in the Waffles. So... That sort of wraps up our news around the nation, Michael. So uh, that's about all we have time for today on the Final Siren Podcast. So 
Uh, yeah, if you've got any suggestions, of course, you'd like to hear from us going forward, make sure you let us know. Uh, and make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and, of course, YouTube. Uh, if you're listening to this on your favorite uh, podcast streaming device, make sure you check out the YouTube video because we do have some highlights that will be going up uh, for the NAB League games we discussed earlier in the podcast. So tune in for that. And, uh, of course, some of the interviews and, and whatnot, plenty to hear, see, you name it. So really exciting time, Michael. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me on. I hope uh, for the viewers, the visual isn't too offensive. But, um, yeah, we got there in the end, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Uh, it's It's been a long time, but we've enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week. Going to be an exciting time going forward, running into our favourite time of the year, really, draft yeah. time. Uh, so I've been your host, Peter Williams. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you'll join us again next time. <laughs>